Come on. He is strong. He is powerful. He is Jared Spiewak. He is the founder and lead strategist of Comet Fuel, a boutique strategy first agency helping clients run sophisticated marketing campaigns without the BS. I'm excited to have you on. Jared, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, of course. So first off, thank you for having me in the first place. Uh, in terms of you know personal versus professional, the the lines are a bit blurred, to be honest. I, I've, I'm i currently in New Hampshire, essentially born and raised here, actually born in Mass and moved to New York for a bit, but I've been here since I've been five. So as far as I can remember, essentially born and raised in New Hampshire. Uh, right now, I live maybe a couple miles away from you know, the first place that I ever lived. So nice. haven't moved around a whole lot, at least in living uh, situations. And while, while I've uh, kind of been here, I've you know, when I was going to school, I, when I was in high school, actually, I started to uh, kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life fairly early on, which was I was really interested in uh, business for whatever reason. So at that time when I was 14, this is why the the lines are so blurred because it, it's kind of always been this way, is when I was 14, I decided, okay, great, I'm going to graduate high school early. I was a CD student, so a uh, bit ambitious. Uh, so when I was 15, I started college. When I was 16, I graduated high school. And from there, I went on and I did a, about a year and a half in corporate marketing, which is my background, which is in marketing. I thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder um, that you know my life was kind of set for me because I got in so early. Learned that that really wasn't for me. I started freelancing online for about $5 an hour. So a lot of my personal time was taken up by, you know, just you know, essentially in some ways, you know, how can I start a business? How can I, uh, you know, make money? How can I be uh, kind of where I want it to be? And so I started freelancing online. I started learning about the online marketing side of things, which wasn't what I was doing in the corporate side of things. And as I kind of got my feet wet, uh, eventually I got a a full-time job offer from a marketing agency that was offering me double what I was making per hour plus a work-at-home position. So I very quickly left the corporate job and that kind of solidified me within the world of uh, marketing agency and working with uh, clients rather than just marketing for a business that I that I just worked with as an employee for that business and then from there I continued to freelance and eventually I decided to go from full-time down to part-time to no time as my freelancing kind of started to take off and then I transitioned from being a freelancer to an agency owner towards the end of 2017 the beginning of 2018 and from there I've basically uh, you know haven't haven't ever looked back and towards the uh, towards the end of 2019 kind of looked at you know, why I started my agency at the time called Blue Dog Media and decided that, you know, we needed to make a bit of a, a change both um, both literally but also mentally. And so I decided that, you know, we're going to rebrand to now uh, Comet Fuel, uh, which should be launched by the time that this comes out. And uh, yeah, that's basically been me since I was very young. This The lines between professional and personal have been uh, quite blurred to say the least. Oftentimes, it, uh, it it does have a tendency to run together for sure. So I, I appreciate that, and congratulations on your journey. It sounds like it's been it's certainly been an interesting and a good one. So when 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 you think about uh, who who you want to serve and and the impact that you want to have, tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so this is something that's quite important to me. Uh, as somebody who, um, I like to think, uh, you know, maybe it's a bit cliche, but I do like to think about the bigger picture and what kind of uh, impact I'm having on the world, so to speak. And one of the things that I like about uh, taking a more boutique approach with our agency is that we only work with a very limited number of clients at a time, which means we're not constantly sourcing. Um, you know, we don't constantly have to be out there trying to sell our services, trying to take on more work. And so uh, because we're often, you know, at capacity or one or two clients away from capacity, we can be very selective with who we work with, which I think is uh, really impactful to the type of work that we do because we don't have to, you know, take on somebody that we don't want to work with just to be able to pay the bills. So something that I think about when I think about, you know, who do we want to work with? One of the big things is what does that company actually do and who does that company actually serve? And is that a company that I myself would want to buy something with that I would want to be associated with that if, if let's just say that, you know, we had managed to do great work together and it came out that, you know, we were a marketing agency helping the company at that time, would I want to be associated with that brand? And that kind of has accumulated to a couple of things where we've had situations where, um, uh, clients were or prospective clients were selling things that we didn't believe in. We thought that their business model was uh, taking advantage of people despite them having you know, very, uh, very nice looking budgets that we just simply walked away from because we just weren't, uh, we didn't want our mark to be uh, associated with that. We didn't want to push those products to people that we didn't believe in. So that's uh, a really big thing to me and maybe a little bit vague, which is just that, you know, can I see myself, uh, you know, could I see myself purchasing from this company? Do I believe that this is a good company? And if not, then I don't even I consider the idea of taking on that account, regardless of, you know, how much of a budget they, they have primarily first is, you know, is this a fundamentally a good company? So you're not going to be working at tobacco companies anytime soon. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> we, as you can imagine around the, uh, kind of the start of second quarter of 2020, there was an immense uh, amount of people reaching out that had uh, all these masks and hand sanitizer and all this stuff to sell that these are all brand new companies and mm. they've just purchased. Uh, there were people on my Facebook that, you know, that I guess I'm somewhat acquainted with that were like, yeah, I just bought like 4 million masks from China and now I'm selling them at this like ridiculous markup. And that's something that I wanted to say very much so away from very quickly. And there was... Um, Yes. And that was, I would say, probably 70% of what I got reached out to from in 2020 was companies that were selling um, PEE that were just brand new companies that I didn't want to be associated with just because uh, it's very hard also to tell who is actually legitimate within that space and not legitimate within that space uh, at that time. And things have calmed down a little bit since then, but that's something that I've stayed away from. And even right now, I'm, I'm just not interested in looking at that because there's just too much, um, there's too much of a gray area within that space right now. Yeah, I appreciate that. So for the for the organizations that do align with with your values and the way that you want to do business, how how are you serving them? Yeah, so the two primary things that we do is Google Ads and SEO or search engine optimization. Uh, originally when I started the company, the goal was to only do SEO because that was primarily my background, the marketing agency that I worked for prior. I was on the SEO team. I was the lead SEO strategist. Uh, my entire background at that point was up to there. And 
eventually I wanted to, you know, anyone who knows about SEO knows that it, it's quite expensive and it takes a long time to kind of get the ball rolling and to start to see results. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to partner with a, a Google ads company to kind of, um, kind of bridge that gap between, you know, search taking so long to generate results. And what I wanted to do was bring in a partner, which was, okay, great. Uh, Here's why you should work with both of us because on the Google Ads front, you can get those uh, much faster results and you can start essentially using the ROI you're getting from the Google Ads front to help fund your SEO campaign rather than investing in something and then waiting for, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months in super competitive niches. Sometimes you're looking for two years to see really much of anything. And uh, I was like, okay, great. This could be you know, pretty big. It's another partnership. That's great. And unfortunately, what kept happening is uh, we work with one company, the results weren't there. We'd work with another company, the results weren't there. Uh, so eventually I just said, you know what, let me just try this for myself. And then I was like, well, why is it that I have a barely working knowledge of how this works? I watched a couple videos on YouTube <laughs> and I'm getting better results than these agencies that have, you know, dozens of employees that have, you know, all these partnerships and connections and, you know, make millions or tens of millions of dollars a year, just something isn't right here. So uh, essentially it was a, you know, I didn't plan on ever doing this, but I guess I'm doing this now. Um, and so that kind of started the, you know, hey, we're doing Google ads and SEO now, uh, just because, you know, we were constantly getting, uh, it was just, you know, we, I couldn't, uh, in good faith send uh, anyone that we were working with to another company that i worked with beforehand because the results just weren't there so i uh, kind of forced myself into that position but it's actually been really great and we ended up doubling our revenue in 2020 because of it uh which was you know great con all things considered as to what was happening in the year and we were certainly uh, uh quite uh fortunate in that regard so those are the two primary things that we do and uh, one of the things as well is i wanted to uh there's a Anyone that's worked with agencies before knows that agencies have a very bad name, especially when it comes to SMBs. It's just that, you know, I've worked with three, four, or five, never get results. They take my money, they don't do anything or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's everybody has a horror story. So I wanted to, uh, one of the big reasons why I left the company that I was working with and I wanted to start my own was that I saw, uh, I was like, this is what I feel is wrong with the industry. And this is kind of, you know, I feel as though the company that I, that, I want to work for it doesn't exist so i guess i'll just start it myself kind of uh, typical um story there yeah. uh, but uh, one of the one of the big things was just uh you know, actually taking the time to learn which sounds quite basic but is um makes a, a big really big difference which is one of the issues with a lot of industries actually as i talk to a lot of professionals in any space whether it's you know e-commerce businesses or service-based businesses that i'm either acquainted with or our clients or prospective clients or whatever it may be is that so many companies just kind of learn what they do and then that's it but the challenge is is that when it comes to the world of digital is that things change quite literally every single day and so uh, when it comes to companies that you know they they have their sops and they have everything processized which is um you know, if you look inside the marketing agency industry is very kind of um forced upon you like hey you need to run your company like it's mcdonald's um but that's just not how things work you could, literally things change tomorrow and you know how do you adapt to that so if you don't have the knowledge and experience and skills and you're trying to uh you know outsource everything to a $3 an hour VA, uh, you know, your, your kind of your time and how long what you're doing is going to work is quite limited. So that's 
one thing that I really wanted to kind of narrow down is make sure that we're constantly taking an approach of um, uh, of Kaizen, which is a Japanese, uh, I guess you could say process management. I'm sure there's an actual thing for it. the American version or a more Western version is uh, called Sigma 6. Uh, but essentially, it's just a matter of constantly tweaking and optimizing what you're doing, making small iterative changes over a large period of time. So every time we do basically anything, uh, almost something within our processes change. Every time I go through a proposal, something with that changes to make it a little better. Every time we build out an ad account, something changes to make it a little bit better. Uh, so that's one of the big things that you know, I wanted to make sure was really being instituted and was a very big part of the business. The other side of things was really looking at how what is being missed within the agency space, especially for SMBs. And that is uh, understanding the fundamentals of marketing in the first place. Uh, and I think that understanding this is partly uh, me have gone to school. I got my degree in marketing, partly as well as uh, taking an interest in uh, just sizable companies and learning about their marketing and learning about how they do things and uh, and whatnot, which was uh, something that's missed quite a bit right now, which we've really tried to hone in is that uh, advertisers or the often a lot of agencies don't sit down to figure out who their client actually is and who their client is actually marketing to. They don't sit down to figure out who's the client of their client. And what also happens is quite a bit is that sometimes the client themselves don't understand who they're marketing to. And so that has much higher cost. The ROI is a lot lower. So trying to narrow down also how can we figure out who we're fundamentally advertising to has made a drastic impact on the, the end results that we've been able to get for clients. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Well, that certainly does make sense, really understanding who that actual end user is and not just focusing on who you're working with Um certainly to make sure that it's all totally aligned from, from start to finish and understanding that, that you need to be fluid in the approach that you're taking because the industry or the algorithms or whatever are constantly changing. So I imagine that that's a lot to stay on top of, but appreciate the need to be able to do that in order to do an actual good job. So how do you, how, how do you counsel people to, to set goals for, for their marketing when it is kind of so fluid and abstract? So there's a couple of things I like to uh, to discuss when it comes to within the direct channel, which is you know the Google Ads, the SEO, whatever it may be. If you're if you're just starting out where you've never kind of worked on this marketing channel beforehand, setting goals is quite difficult to do because you have no idea what to expect. If you're right. let's just focus on uh, ads for a second. If you're a brand new advertiser, especially if you're a newer uh, business, or sometimes we'll work with businesses that have primarily sold retail and are just going uh, direct to consumers. So sometimes they make millions of dollars, but they've never actually done anything online before. Uh, the issue is you don't yet know what you can expect for your cost per click. You don't yet know what you can expect for your conversion rate. You might have an idea of what your uh, margins are for your other parts of your business or your referral rate for other channels, but you don't know what it's going to be for this channel yet. So 
what I typically advise people for is to start off with a um, you know, more of a testing budget, get some data in, and then look where the data is, and then set your goals from there. So, okay, great. Now we've run our ads for a bit, you know, 30 to 90 days, depending on the, the type of business. Now we actually know how to set goals because we can look and see the data actually tells us, oh, the conversion rate is you know, 0.8%, but we should really be at a 1.5% because that's what the, you know, that's what other channels are doing. And that's, you know, where we should really see ourselves. And so, okay, great. What can we do over the next 30 to 90 days to improve the conversion rate and get it closer to that? The customer acquisition cost is too high, or we're not spending the full budget. How can we increase the impression share of the ads to get there? So setting goals when you don't have any uh, data to set goals around is, uh, you know, quite challenging with with anything at life. You know, if you're trying to uh, run a mile, uh, it's very hard to set goals around how fast you want to run that mile in if you've never run a mile before because you don't know where your baseline is yet. So one of the big important things is finding that baseline. And then if you already have that baseline, it's a matter of aligning it with the goals of the business. But also what I try to do is look at the uh, the higher picture, which is, you know, everything the the ultimate goal of the of the client is to have a ROI which is return on investment which is just dollars in versus dollars out there's a lot of things that impact that it's not just your cost per click it's not just your conversion rate it's also your uh, retention rate it's also your gross margins it's also your net margins it's also your lifetime value how often do people come back to you uh, it's your retention rate for if you're on a let's say a SaaS model how what how long are you keeping consumers on your on your product for uh, so on and so forth so when i get the insight from the business i like to look at it from that perspective because sometimes the the way to get to the end goal, which is an ROI, is not to lower the cost per click or is not to increase the conversion rate. Sometimes it's, uh, hey, your email marketing uh, game is really lacking. And for anything e-commerce or SaaS related, email marketing is very important. And if you were to hone that in, you might be able to you know, double the conversion rate much more efficiently than you'd be able to do within your ad account uh, because of just how important email is. And right now you're the only way you're converting people is somebody clicks and somebody buys it. They don't buy then you never see them again. You know, you need to fix that through capturing email addresses. Uh, what about the top of the funnel? You know, how, you know, you're, that's a whole opportunity that you're missing there. So I do try to look at it from the bigger picture um, when I have the insight to be able to do so. But in terms of goals to summarize there, it's you need to find that baseline if you don't already have it. If you do have a baseline, then you need to figure out what the end goal for the business is, not just within the account, and then figure out, uh, you know, what is going to be best to get to that end goal, whether that is within that account or there's another aspect of the business that if you improve that will get you to that goal faster. I love it. Well, Jared, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah. So the number one thing is to fundamentally figure out who your customer is in a much greater sense than, uh, you know, people who buy my service or, you know, buy my product uh, to give you a, a real life example. A client that we're working with is a is a uh, private practice uh, counselor. So they're a therapist. They're based in New York City, which is a very uh, competitive space. There are a lot of national players that have opened up. Now, a the issue of what most people do is they go, okay, well, who is my customer? Anybody that is looking for the types of therapy services that I offer. But that's way too generic. 
And so by talking with this person, just writing down, you know, who, who's my actual customer, we figured out that, okay, most of the people that come to uh, this client tend to be in a higher income bracket because they charge premium rates. So they have to be able to afford that. They are usually married. They usually have kids. They're willing to travel up to a certain distance because of where the office location is in comparison to um, both public and private transit. So it's quite easy to get to regardless of, you know, if you're in like downtown Manhattan or if you're, you know, further away. Um, And so taking all of that, it was very uh, straightforward to go, okay, great. Within the the ad account, which is uh, the channel that we were working with right away from day one, we were able to go. Okay, well, because of the uh, budget that we're working with, we don't need to advertise to everybody. We can focus on people who are married. We can focus on, we can segment that by people that do or do not have kids. We can observe that to see what that says. But one of the biggest things that we did was because the, uh, the biggest factor was income in this case, we grabbed the U.S. Census data, segmented it out to the service area that people are likely to travel within created four different income brackets to determine uh, the top income bracket. They can afford the service without a question. The second one, they can afford it, but they're going to question it a little bit more. They might look into, you know, a couple other providers before they make a decision. The third one, you know, they'd have to have already have savings saved up. You know, this is something if they were really dead set on working with this, with our, the client, then they could possibly swing it, but it would be pretty difficult to do that in the fourth uh, segment. It was just unlikely that that income bracket would be able to afford that this person's services. And so what we were able to do from there is segment the campaign primarily through income and say, okay, well, we want to pay this amount per click for the highest income earners and then this amount per click and then this amount per click, just slowly lowering it based on the amount of income in that specific um, uh, zip code. Because well, we don't want to get a bunch of leads from people that essentially aren't going to be able to afford the services of somebody who charges, in some cases, double what other providers charge. And it would be better for that person to work with somebody that uh, is in their price range. So just by doing that, we were able to eliminate a lot of people who were directly searching for their services, but who were not looking for somebody who uh, does what they do. And so because of that, uh, that was a Basically, from day one, that campaign was generating leads for, you know, like $30, $40, which I've worked in that space in that area beforehand, which was uh, quite a bit less than what a more um, generic, just anyway, looking for this type of therapist approach takes. And then also from there, understanding what the business is doing to to create a landing page that explains exactly what makes this business different, why you should work with this business over other businesses, and highlight all the key things that make that are very specific from this business. So rather than starting off with a generic uh, approach and just making small changes based on the data coming in, we're able to fundamentally from day one understand who is the client of our client and how can we make sure that our ads are only speaking to those people. And because of that, we were wasting a lot less of the ad spend than you typically waste in the campaign by advertising to the wrong people. And we're incredibly targeted, meaning that from day one, higher click-through rates, a lower cost per click, higher conversion rates, um, and ultimately a happier client at the end of the day as well. <laughs> well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Everything everything you just said makes sense to me, so I love it. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you, and how can people engage with you? 
Yeah, so you can go to cometfuel.com. That is our website. You can check out anything that's on there. And you can, if you look me up by name fairly, I don't think there are any other Jared Spivaks, at least not the way that I spell it. So if you just Google me, you'll be able to find all the social websites and everything else that you may want to know about me. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jared your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to cometfuel.com, search Jared Spiewak, Spiewak, it's S-P-I-E-W-A-K. Thanks again, Jared. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.